And away we go with another installment of Banker with a Beer presented by Northwestern Bank. I'm Scott. Across the way is Jerry. But we got to be specific today because uh, we've got another Jerry with us. Oh, we, we are. We are being uh, blessed with royalty here today. Uh, but another edition of Banker with a Beer, another great guest, uh, a, a, a local favorite will help the conversation progress. Jerry Keel, take it away. Well, first, Scott, I, I have to reach out to you. I, I think you should have the New York Jets be the pallbearers for your funeral. <laughs> because once again, they're going to let you down. I, I know. It, 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 it has not been a pleasant, uh, at the time of this recording, it's at the end of the uh, end of the season. And uh, about a month, uh, about seven, eight weeks ago, uh, I'm not going to lie, I was peacocking around an awful lot of Packer fans and rubbing it in their face and... Uh, Eating crow, uh, yeah. stuffed on crow in these last few days. <laughs> anyway, well, on to the more important topics of the day. First of all, we have a, a great guest, a friend of mine, my boss, uh, uh, a legend in the Chippewa Valley. Uh, Jerry Jacobson, president and CEO of Northwestern Bank, is joining us today for his annual State of the Bank address. So welcome, Jerry. Thanks, Jared. I enjoy it. And I, obviously, the show, I listen to it. As soon as I can, as Scott's got it out there, I listen to it um, um, right away every weekend. And we're also going to be enjoying a classic Chippewa Valley beverage, a Chippewa Falls beverage, Liney's Honey Vice. So I will crack open the beer and bring uh, Jerry on board. By the way, I'm excited to have this. When I first moved to town in uh, in 06, this was the beverage that I was introduced to uh, in town. Like, hey, have you ever had a Leinenkugels? And I go, what's Leinenkugels? And they go, here. <laughs> Try this thing here. I'm like, what's a honey vice? And they go, well, have it. And I'll tell you right now, that, that lubricated a lot of summers, especially when I first uh, moved, to, moved to town. Uh, Jerry Jacobson, I know you're very familiar with Line and Kugels and yeah. Chippewa Falls and the whole Chippewa Valley. Great to have you, have you back on. And you know, as we sit here right now, just having dipped our toes in the 2023, how are you feeling as we got out of 2022? Well, I think... Um... Um, I feel very good about 2022, especially here in the Chippewa Valley. I think uh, we came through it. And that I'm not saying that lightly. I do know. I just saw um, the amount of um, um, still continuing um, um, the deaths and the illness from COVID. Um, so I'm not saying it lightly. I'm saying it economically. Um, I think we did very well um, in 2022 in the Chippewa Valley. Um, and I, I think that we sort of, and you can see it, um, we got some people's enthusiasm back in it, in the Valley, um, which I think is very important. Uh, it's been a, a tough few years, and uh, um, I think we got people's uh, spirits back up. So I'll start launching into a couple of, I mean, I've Oh, by the beverage has been poured. Oh, yeah, all right. Right. You, you were going to have us go thirsty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everybody knows what this tastes like at this point. Mm -hmm. mm. Great. Always delivers. Mm -hmm. uh, very good. I'm going to kind of look at my, my question in two two themes. One is for uh, you as president and CEO of the bank, and then um, some of our listeners know that Jerry is currently on the Federal Reserve Bank uh, board of uh, the Minneapolis Fed, so I'll have a couple of broader questions for that as, as well, and okay. Jerry can uh, speak personally about what's going to go on. He obviously can't speak for the Fed, um, but I think his his 
insight into uh, how he sees the local economy, and that's what he shares with the Minneapolis Fed. It will be very valuable, this conversation. But let's start with the bank. And first of all, you know, let's kind of look at the Chippewa Valley. So with so much flux in the local financial market, how has Northwestern Bank managed to stay so stable? I think, um, well, it's people. That's all it is, is people. We got great employees, um, great customers. And uh, um, I think when you have both great employees, great customers, um, you will stay stable. Uh, Our community, the community, the Chippewa Valley, I keep telling people, other bankers when I go, um, that we are very, very fortunate to be located in the Triple Valley, Northwestern Bank, uh, and all, all of us living here. Um, um, not just um, economically, I think it's also culturally. Um, it is a great place um, to raise families and work and play. And if you look at the statistics in our state of Wisconsin, um, the Chippewa Valley always rises to the top. And I think that helps, of course, the bank. Um, whether we make the loan or not, whatever, or we make a, have their deposit account, if it's good in the Chippewa Valley, it'll make it good for the bank. And I think we've been very, very fortunate that the Chippewa Valley has so many leaders and the momentum is positive. I listened to some of your um, broadcasts, and um, I hear that from people of all walks on it, whether it's a nonprofit or a, um, a city leader, um, that I think everybody echoes that, uh, we got something special here. And I think that what makes it great for Northwestern. Well, what makes and keeps the economy of the Chippewa Valley vibrant? I think there's, um, we have a great entrepreneurial spirit. Um, we have people willing to take risk. And uh, we have financial institutions, and not just Northwestern, um, willing to um, help them with the risks on it. Um, we have a good young workforce that stays. You know, that never was like that. Um, this workforce of um, young people either staying or coming back is unbelievable. Um, and when you have that, the people... Um, and then you have the money out there. There's, as you very well know, Jerry, um, if you got a project and somebody needs money, we know who we can call. That's got money to help somebody with the project. Um, there's people willing to take risk. Um, and then on the other side of it is there's willing people to um, um, give of themselves back because they got so much out of the Chippewa Valley. So they're willing to write their checks or give their time, um, which just... You know, that's a roller coaster. It just keeps going and going and uh, um, making the Chippewa Valley a better place. Now, I know if you look, check the, the Wall Street and some of the financial press, it says probably going in a late uh, recession maybe in 2023. Do you think that would be the same in the Chippewa Valley? Well, I think that um, it's the old saying, the West and East Coast have the big highs and lows and the Midwest doesn't. I think if as long as we can keep... Um, um, the jobs here and then people here to work, we, yes, we'll have some sort of, certainly. And I don't want to um, um, downgrade what's happening in the um, real estate market. I know um, housing is is tough right now and the businesses that deal with housing. Yeah, we'll, we'll have, 
we won't escape it, but I don't think it will be anywhere near as bad as it is in some of the metropolitan areas or the coasts on it. Um, but sure, we'll have some people have some problems, especially um, into the um, uh, housing industry. I think there's going to be some challenges. How about the bank itself for, for 23 and beyond? Do you see any big changes happening at Northwestern and what can our customers and clients and friends expect? Well, I think you always see changes at Northwestern. Um, um, you have to. Uh, that If you don't change, you um, um, things will not um, grow um, and you will not be, and actually you'll, um, you'll become a worse off place for our clients. So yeah, there'll be changes. Um, um, the, I, I think what you're, what you're going to see at Northwestern is that we got, um, I'm so excited. I know you are some great young people here, um, which we haven't for quite a while. And, uh, um, they sort of rejuvenate us old guys and, uh, gals here. And, uh, um, I think you're going to see them, um, um, coming up with some great ideas to help improve our bank internally, which will help our clients uh, as well, if we can improve internally. One thing that I think is going to be exciting in, in 23, and, and you're going to play both sides of this, because mm -hmm. uh, when I first uh, joined Northwestern in 1993, it was in this brand new building in downtown Chippewa Falls. Mm -hmm. And I know that was a project that you were in charge of. Yep. And now what we're talking about doing in 2023 is revamping that bank and yeah. what's it like being at the two bookends of, 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 of this renovation it's sort of neat because um the big changes of our customers at it uh, what jerry's referring to is um we're really looking at um this um our teller area in our main bank that was about could have 10 teller stations and about six people deep which it was in the 80s um is suddenly uh, has two or three tellers and nobody waiting on it, and it and and it's half our um, floor of our um, um our main bank in Triple Falls. And what it really pops into your mind is how things change in uh, thirty some years. Um, and like I just said about the change, which you're going to see more of, um, um, you know, our client change. Um, um, and our employees changed and what they wanted changed on it. Um, so I, it is exciting. I'm excited about it to see what uh, um, um, the architects come up with on the design and our team figures out um, how we can serve our customers better. But just like it was back in the 80s, it was just what can you do to serve your customers the best? And now that's changed. And what can we do? You know, uh, nearly every industry, every walk of life uh, changes from generation to generation. But I, I really think you'd be hard-pressed to find many industries that have changed more than the banking's interaction with customers. And I, again, I remember, you know, being a kid in the 80s, and you'd, you'd go with mom and dad, and you'd wait in line at the teller. Then all of a sudden there was the drive-throughs. Yeah. and. Boy, and when I was getting out of college that just went online, yep. kind of banking was starting, and nobody wanted to trust that. It's It's got to be fun to see all the changes that have come, and you're probably hearing from other people other things that might be down the pike yeah. that will come across in the next 10 years. I think that, um, um, Scott, you're right on these changes, but still, if you got a problem, you want to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. That's always what it's been, and... Uh, um, 
banks need to be able to, and you don't want to be five switches on it. you got a problem. Um, you might have a one switch till someone can find you the problem, but you want your problem solved on it. Um, 90% of the time or 95% of the time, um, you can do it online. You can do it and never come into the bank, deposit it, whatever. Um, but if someone gets your number on that debit card and it's, and it's a mess, <laughs> you want to talk to somebody. Uh, that, uh, and that has not changed. Uh, um, you still want people. And I, I think we'll always have that, um, you know, even the, even, and, I, and I laugh at that because even the, the young people like my kids um, in their 20s and early 30s, when they got a problem, they still want to talk to somebody. That, uh, um, and that's one thing that has not changed and I don't think it will change um, 10 years from now. Um, will there be more electronics? Sure. Will there be... Um, um, that's thing I laugh about, uh, um, and you might have done that when you were young. Well, I'm getting paid on um, Wednesday, but this is Monday. That check won't clear. Well, baloney. Now it's an instance <laughs> on it. It's a debit card is there. You got the money, you don't on it. So uh, um, people have to change their habits. Float doesn't exist anymore. Uh, <laughs> well, something else then that, that's unique to the banking industry is that we keep adding channels. You know, we never take any way. So, I mean, back in the 70s, it was, you know, it was a teller, and then they added the drive-up, and then it was phone banking, and then there's internet banking, and and those are still all there. So you can still actually bank like it's 1974 if you choose to bank like that, but yet you can also do something totally online, totally on your app, in, frankly, a different state or even a different country, which we have a few clients who are out of the country, and still work with Northwestern Bank. And I think that's amazing in that um, we're able to satisfy these different demands and needs of all these different clients. Now, it makes it for a kind of an operational challenge is because you need to make sure that the phone banking is still updated and the internet banking works. And of course, that we do have enough drive-through lanes and heck, someone still throws in the uh, overnight bag and someone's yeah. got to count it. So, I mean, there's all these things that just kind of have kind of evolved over time and we always add more, but we never really, never take one away. Oh, that's true. So I'm going to pivot now a little bit on to the Fed. Okay. And a huge question for everybody, but the, the Fed has raised rates seven times in 2022. And do you think that will continue so in 2023? I think that, um, and this is Jerry Jacobson speaking, speaking nothing to do, and it's just um, I'm from listening. I think that, um, and actually I sent something to my senior management team, which Jerry knows uh, about somebody where I said, I think they're wrong. Um, I think people are thinking the Fed's bluffing on this. Um, I don't think so. Um, I think the Fed is out there to conquer inflation uh, and um, it's going to do what it needs to be done. How high is it going to have to go? I have no idea. Um, how, I think that it's, it will go until they think that, um, go higher, until they think that um, inflation is going down. But what I really think that the economists out there and the they don't realize the Fed means this. Uh, that um, Powell said something interesting. Um, that's the um, Fed board president, uh, Jerome Powell. Um, he said that, um, um, and I thought it was very 
very unique thing on it. Um, he said, back in, and in, in your listeners aren't going to remember this, there was a, um, a Fed president called um, Arthur Burns, and um, it was in the 70s. And the political part came, they'd say, oh, things are going bad now. It's starting to go into recession. Well, I'm going to lower rates. And then he had to pull them back up, and it was zigzagging for a decade. I don't. I think they got burnt so much by that. They will not do that. They will um, maybe go too far and wait too long, but the rates are going to stay there till they're confident that they're getting down to their goal of two percent. And um, my personal belief is that unless something radically changes, it's not going to happen in twenty-three that the rates start going down. Uh, that um, one of the things that um, is really difficult for the Fed. And this is no, I'm not telling you any secrets because you can, you're hearing this all the time, but um, um, the Fed does not understand why labor is not coming back into the workforce. Uh, and there's my rate of reasons. I sat in board boards where they went through all these reasons and showed all these graphs, but it's not coming back. And um, I think I just saw today, um, actually, the job openings um, went up like 400,000 uh, from um, a month ago. Um, that is really causing the Fed to wonder, do we have to have rates higher and longer than we would? It's not that should be now that this job opening should be dropping on it um, because the rates are going up and the job openings. It's not happening. It's not happening at all. And uh, I know, um, um, and I'm not telling any secrets in my in the board meetings that we are in. That discussion comes up every board meeting. Why isn't it? And of course, nobody. There's ten different reasons, Jerry and Scott, uh, that we hear, um, but. Um, you know, there's still a couple million dollar, a couple million people that are not working that before COVID. So um, a couple million is a lot of people. And uh, um, are they ever going to come back? Who knows? And um, and if it's causing the problem of having to have higher interest rates. And for a longer period of time, because of that labor force. So, and so that's what the Fed is kind of focusing on. It's when that changes, that's when they'll kind of take their, their, their foot off off the brake. I think when the Fed sees that those job openings, and I just saw it this morning, they were up four hundred thousand over um, 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 last month on it, which is the wrong way to go on it. You know, and I know everybody's hearing the layoffs, and and I and I and I see the housing industry in that part, and I'm sure locally we're getting hurt on that part. Um, but I think the Fed means it. You know, the the stock market doesn't think it. The bond market, because if you look at um, Treasuries, you know, they're thinking that um, in two or three years it's going to be right back down to um, um, very very low rates again. Um, it very well could be um but i'm not sure about that i think what people um the fed you know it, yes it can do interest rates but the fed is psychology on it it's trying to convince that um um all of us that um um, um rates are going to eventually go down and uh 
um, or we're going to keep raising rates till they force it to go down. But it's a psychological. To, so you don't, because if you, if all three of us think that um, um, inflation is going to keep going higher and higher and higher, we're going to keep spending our money because we don't want to buy something. You know, we think that a year from now, that thing that we want to buy is going to cost another 20%. Let's buy it now, uh, which forces it up more and more because there's more demand on it. So it's really psychological. The Fed's saying, no, it's going to be down. You buy that, um, whatever you're going to buy a year from now is going to be um, at, at um, a lower cost on it. And so we think, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to buy it now. I'll wait on it. It's psychological is a lot of it. The Fed's pushing. So, so far, though, there's been these seven rates increases in 22. Now we're into 23. You mentioned housing. Have there been any impacts to date of the Fed increases that you've seen? Yes. We have been seeing the inflations go down the last few um, time on it. Uh, um, So the trend is going down on the inflation part on it. So that part is good. Um, um, Trends are going down, um, maybe not as fast as um, you'd like, but they Mm -hmm. are on the downward path, and hopefully we can continue to see that on the downward path on it. Uh, um, um, You know, the old thing was it takes about nine months to a year for them to hit, and we've got, you know, Christmas was about nine months. Remember, they started Mm -hmm. raging the quarter in March on it, so, um, and then all the 75s after it, um, with the last 50, but um, um, it's starting to hit, and um, um, you know, now the question is, um, how hard is it going to hit when you get this first quarter here? I don't want to go down a deep hole here, but I think it's it's interesting, especially given um, kind of how it's uh, been spoken about in the, the national press, uh, whispers locally. I will guarantee you that not many people understand it. I barely understand it. But what's your opinion of cryptocurrency? I think it's um, um, like... Um, hitting to Vegas and going uh, on a crap thing on it. I think it's, um, you can make money on it. It's big gambles. Um, I I personally don't ever see the Fed into that. Um, uh, everything I'm reading from all the Fed members, unless Congress passes a law saying you are going into cryptocurrency, I don't see the Fed being in cryptocurrency. I, I think it's, you know, um, I think it's gambling, and uh, which is nothing wrong on it. There's nothing wrong, but uh, um, I sure in the heck hope no one puts it in their 401k. Oh, uh, shoot, I feel more comfortable gambling out of state on sporting events <laughs> yeah. than, than I do on, on, on crypto because, as, as, as Jerry Keel said, I still don't know what, it, what, exactly, what exactly it is, but I've got a, I got a couple buddies that uh, – uh, one one claims to be a, a millionaire in cryptocurrency, and I said, "Well, when can he cash out and be a millionaire?" He's like, "Well, it doesn't work, doesn't work like yeah, that." I'm like, yeah. "Well, well, then are you a millionaire?" Yeah. It's one of those uh, one of those things. Until experts can explain it to me, yeah. even I uh, even I'm not too sure uh, of what. Uh, wanted to wanted to bring this up here as we've got about uh, eight or nine minutes uh, left. You, you got a lot of people. You know, I'm I'm in my early 40s right now. We got people in their 30s and their 40s, even their 20s. What kind of advice would you have for them? Because there has been more of a negative tone to all the talk of you know raising interest rates and and what have you. And a lot of people have been used to. 
a lot of positive news over the last 15 years. Uh, I remember the, the Great Recession of 15 years ago, but it's been a lot of positive news over the last uh, decade plus, and this is the first time people are experiencing rising rates. You know, I remember going to buy our first home in uh, in Iowa a decade ago. I think the rate was like 4%, and the realtor was all excited about that. Yeah, yeah. And, and now that's considered high. Yeah. Uh, but what advice would you have for people that are hearing you know, 40-year highs and, and, and they're hearing a lot of doom and gloom? Well, I, I think that um, um, I think people definitely um, have to realize that um, it's tough to understand when you have large jumps, but eventually you get used to it. Uh, that, um, um, and they have to stick to their plan. They have to have a plan. If you don't have a plan, financially I'm talking about, well, your whole life really, but financially, you need to have a plan that you are comfortable with, your family's comfortable with, and um, keep sticking to that plan. Uh, don't just jump around on it. If you, um, your plan is to f um, have a home, if that's your plan, um, then keep working towards those goals of putting money aside to be able to get the down payment to be able to have your home. Uh, and um, if your plan is you don't want to have a home and just want to rent, that's that's fine too. Um, but have plans. Sit down. You don't, and you don't necessarily. You can do this yourself. Sit down. Have a dis if you're single, have a discussion with yourself. If you have a family, have a discussion with uh, um, your family, your spouse, on uh, what is your financial plan on it. If you don't have a plan, my nothing happens on it. You just tread water and uh, you don't know where you're going. Um, um, I, I really think on the, I still believe, even though everything went down on bonds and stocks, and that's um, the worst thing ever to happen. Bonds and stocks both dropped this, the mo the bonds dropped the most ever in one year and stocks drop a heck of a, heck of a lot on it. But I still believe in um, investing money into retirement plans, um, especially you mentioned, Scott, 20, 30, and 40. Um, you got lots of years. And if you do um, um, the averaging where you're putting stuff in every paycheck or whatever it is every month, um, you'll hit highs and lows on it. But you have to have plans. If you don't have a plan, I can tell you nothing gets accomplished on it. Um, so sit down. I'm not telling you what plan you should have. And if you need help having plans, there's tons of people out there to help you have plans. I know one thing that uh, I read uh, as a younger person growing up, and I, uh, and I see, you know, I, a challenge that I've seen is that in the last, say, 10 or 15 years in the school systems, they really have reduced the amount of financial literacy education that they have done, which I think might end up hurting us in the long run as a society because you... You learned about, you know, um, compound interest and why investing over the long run makes it makes more sense. And um, I'm not sure if that message is being heard throughout. And like you mentioned, Scott, you know, uh, we've got now a generation who has never really had anything but at least solid or upward moving financial information. And uh, what do you do now? Do you panic? Do you pull it all? Do you put it in your sock under the bed? Whatever. So, you know, that that's that's going to be an issue. But you know, I, I, I do see, though, and this is where 
you know, I, I really encourage um, younger people to just kind of to have the faith, but you're, you know, in, in, invest in the economy. But what you need to do is you need to invest. And, and uh, there's a, and I, I wish I could quote the the author of, of this article, but basically when, you know, people will say, well, should I put it in this this portfolio or this stock or this or whatever? And by far and large, what makes the biggest impact isn't so much where you invest it, is just how much you invest. So by investing, you know, 3% of your salary as opposed to 2% or 6% as opposed to 4% makes far more difference than if you were in this, you know, growth stock or this international or this Vanguard age fund or whatever. And so just if you can structure your life around a way that focuses more on savings and less on spending, in the end, you'll just do far better. I agree. So Jared, just with we going into the wrapping up the show and just a couple of quick obser- observations. Um, I know it's it hasn't been formally a- announced, but I know you're looking at kind of uh, transitioning here in the next few years in your own position. Just give me a little perspective on your time here at Northwestern Bank. I mean, it's it's been a quite the ride, and that you yeah. certainly are. are are going to be here for a, for a while yet, but uh, you've got a perspective that not most in the Valley have in terms of banking and finance. Yeah. Um, as Jerry said, I got, uh, I've told the board I'm going to work three more years to the end of 2025 um, and, it, and we'll be transitioning um, during that time frame. Um, and I've been here um, CEO since 98 and been in the bank since 78. So a long time. See a you know, a bank that was under 50 million when I started and uh, didn't have a computer system um, to a bank that's um, over 600 million and can do, as Scott said, every electronic thing possible. Um, I, I, I think, though, it gets back to people. Um, people are still here and they still have the same needs on it. Uh, um, they wanted to be treated respectfully. Uh, they want to have um, service. Um, they wanted, and I'm talking about not just customers, I'm talking employees. Not a, they want to know that, um, and if you're talking about bank employees, I think they want to know that they're helping somebody. For me, this whole career was um, that if I could do something, whether it was get somebody, have a goal, that they wanted, that they could accomplish, I did my job at it. Uh, um, whatever that goal was, it could be um, saving for a home, it could be uh, um, starting a business, whatever it is. Uh, that, and that hasn't changed from 78 to um, 23, uh, that, um, where um, our job, not just Northwestern, but all of our jobs in the financial industry is to try and help people get their goals and whatever it is and um, um, do the best we can at it. So that, that part um, I really enjoy. Um, I, yes, um, we think the employees have changed the 20 sums, whatever, but I can tell you when I came in the bank at 24, I'm sure those, I'm sure um, uh, the, one of the 
gentleman that um, um, was 65 thought, what in the heck is Jacobson at? So, I mean, it's the same thing uh, that uh, over the generations part uh, that uh, um, you have to um, um, be able to um, think that everybody is a different generation, but they're all good people. That's a great way to end it up. So, Scott, any final comments? No, I think it's outstanding. I always enjoy the conversations with uh, Jerry Jacobson. Well, if that's the case, we'll wrap it up here then. Uh, thank you for listening to Scott and I talk with uh, Jerry Jacobson this afternoon. Uh, if you like uh, what you listen, please uh, give Northwestern Bank and Banker with the Beer a five-star rating on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to, North, to podcasts from. Uh, thank you for listening again today. And this is Northwestern Bank, where people matter.